been doing that for I don't know how many years now, Wayne, but the kids always love it, and they always come back like wanting goldfish and, you know, little animals and different things. So just know, parents, to say no going, no, I mean to be ready to, anyway, however you want to do that. Also, you can sign up for the June 8th Trenton Thunder uh, baseball game. I almost did uh, Daniel there, and uh, you can do that at the Connect table. should be a fun night. We hope that you can join us for that. Uh, we're glad uh, that you're here today. One of the things before we jump into the message this morning is I uh, just wanted to spend a, a few moments uh, in corporate prayer and invite all of us to pray together. One of the things that, that I know is that there's all sorts of things going on in people's lives and different struggles and things. There's, there's two that I want to just bring to your attention uh, specifically and ask that as a, a body of believers that we would pray for these two individuals. One, Joel Goldstein, who I mentioned earlier. They were on vacation in California when he fell and broke his wrist. Uh, and then when he gets back this week to New Jersey, they're going to have to do surgery, and so there's a long recovery process that's involved in that. And so would you just pray for him that, that he could heal and recover from that? The other is Sal Puka. Uh, he had a heart attack this week, ended up having surgery yesterday. Get my, no, on Friday. Sorry, i got to get my day straight on Friday. And uh, is recovering well, but just remember to pray for Sal and his recovery as well as Barb and the rest of the family. Just a couple of, of things. Uh, the other thing that I would just mention to us is as a church family, as a church community, that we could pray for each other, that we would be open to what God is trying to do in our lives and how God is seeking to speak to us and work through us to further his will uh, in, in what he's doing in our lives and in the lives of people around us. So uh, before we jump in, I just want to give us a moment uh, of silent prayer, and then I'll close this with uh, a word of prayer. So let's, let's pray together this morning. Father, we are humbled by the realization that you meet us right where we are and that you welcome us into your presence. And Father, that you hear us and you love us and you're concerned about us. God, I I pray that you would be with each and every one of us that we would be aware of your presence, that we would know not just about you, but we would know you. Open our hearts, open our minds to truly receive that love that will not let us go. Father, we lift up these requests to you, praying that your will is done that we would see you move and and we would give you the credit and the glory and the honor in in all that is done. We thank you that you have not abandoned us, that, that we have hope and that we have life because we have you. We thank you, Father. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 
Well, today we're going to wrap up our series, uh, What Love Does, a series that we've been going through looking at the connection we have with Jesus and, and uh, through the scriptures and, and what we are challenged to do and how as a, as a community we are challenged to build on his life and his death and his life again. And we have the opportunity to celebrate what he's done for us, his grace and his love and his mercy, as we seek to accomplish the mission that, that we've set out to accomplish, which is to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. And here at PCC, See, we strive to do that by taking the life of Jesus as our pattern for life. We receive the gospel message of Jesus and taking his model for this community. And as such, we worship and glorify God as we prioritize being together in community. It's one of the things we do here. We do it in small groups. We do it any time that you get together with other people. You are prioritizing being together. As we hear and respond to the word of God, not just something that we listen to and think that's nice, but we actually respond to it and allow it to, to be a part of who we are. And we are a tangible presence of grace in our communities and in our world as we seek to engage those around us. Last week, we started exploring this idea that the value we place on something or someone is often determined by the love we have for that item or person, and our love is what greatly impacts the action we are willing to take. And today, we're going to try to build on that concept just a little bit as we look at what love does, and I want to suggest that one of the things love does is it makes an impact. Because of the value and the love we place on people, we take action. And part of that action is to impact people with the message of Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you to grab your Bible, if you would, and turn to Acts chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 8 here in in just a few moments. Um, Acts is, is is, is an amazing book in the Bible. It's fascinating in so many ways. Uh, to put a timeline on where Acts kind of falls uh, in the timeline of Scripture, it's after Jesus has uh, lived his life, he has been crucified, dead, buried, and risen back to life. Uh, he appears to his disciples and to hundreds of other people over the next 40 days, and Jesus is preparing to ascend into heaven. So Luke writes down for us what we call the book of Acts, or the Acts of the Apostles. And this book is focused on this uh, formation of the early church, beginning with Peter and the disciples. Then, because of persecution that happens, we know that the church scatters, the believers scatter uh, all throughout the region and all throughout the world. And this book goes in to a lot of, of detail as to what happens. It really starts to follow the life of Paul, who was formerly known as Saul, and what he did to establish churches throughout the region on his missionary journeys. Acts records for us that at this time when the church was being formed, that the church went through a lot of struggles and a lot of difficulties. There were disagreements and challenges. There were even friends parting ways, and yet the message of Jesus' death, life, and his life, death, and life again continued to impact people. They continued to share what Jesus had done and what he continued to do in their life. In this first chapter, of Acts, we find that the motivation behind the believers doing uh, what they were doing and the reason they were spreading these messages about Jesus was not only because of his life and the stories they knew, but partially because of what Jesus told them before he ascended into heaven. In Acts 1, in the second half of verse 8, Luke records the words of Jesus when he said to his followers, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
I like the way the New Living Translation puts part of that verse. It says, telling people about me everywhere. Just kind of sums it up, right? We're going to tell people about Jesus everywhere. You would see, I would suggest that as believers, one of the ways in which we do what love does is we need to tell people about Jesus. Now, I'm not suggesting that this means you have to go passing out tracts or go knocking door to door or put on a big sandwich board and have a megaphone and be yelling at people, Jesus loves you, right? I don't know how effective that is personally. It doesn't mean you can't, but that's not what we're really called to do here. I believe, and I would suggest, that the book of Acts, what it's telling us is that our mission is to be intentional about sharing God's love with everyone. When you dive into a study of the book of Acts, what you find is that specifically here in verse 8, there are a lot of different angles and a lot of different ways you can view this verse. There's a lot of different opinions and theories and philosophies as to what it really means. If you know me, you know I'm kind of basic and simple on a lot of things. And so this morning, I want to take kind of a a basic and what some might even consider a traditional approach to just kind of breaking down this verse and, and helping us realize that even in its most basic understanding, it's so very applicable to us today. One of the uh, mission objectives that we have here at PCC is to be a tangible presence of grace in our communities and in the world. And I would suggest Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus' outline for us gives that to us in a very practical way. The text says, you will be my witness. You will be my witness. That's how it kind of starts out. So question for you, how many of you have ever uh, served on a jury? Okay, there you go. All right, now, you can leave those up for just a second. How many of you have ever seen one of the crime shows on TV where they call a witness to the stand, right? There's 8 million TV shows out there like that. You've seen one, even if you don't realize it. It's in your subconscious. So when they, when they call the witness up, what do they tell the witness to do? You are to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? That's the job of the witness. Uh, the, the role of the witness is not to judge what's right or wrong, right? The role of the witness is not to argue the points or build a case. The role of the witness is not to be in the audience and just sit back and watch and observe everything that's going on. The role of the witness is simply to share what they have seen, what they have heard, or what they have experienced. And we, as witnesses, as witnesses for God, we're called to do the exact same thing. Not to judge or to argue or sit passively, but to share the message of Jesus, what we have heard and what we have seen and what we have experienced God doing in and through our lives because of the love of Jesus. And in our text today, Jesus says, you are to be my witnesses, and then he kind of outlines three different and yet overlapping areas in which we are called to have an impact as witnesses for the kingdom. The first area is with your friends and family, all right? your friends, and your family. Jesus said it this way, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Now, why did Jesus say to the people, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem? Because that's where they were, right? Very practically speaking, that's where they were. And one way to look at this and then apply it to our context is to say, hey, we are to begin sharing Jesus right where we are with the people who are around us, the people that we live with, our friends, our our family, that we are to be witnesses, and that's where we are to begin to make our impact with God's love. 
Back in the uh, Gospel of Luke, if you were to turn over there to Luke chapter 8, you find this amazing story of Jesus healing a man who had been possessed by a demon, or possessed by many demons. And the basic storyline is that after this man is healed and clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus, Jesus gets ready to leave, and this guy wants to go with Jesus. He's like, I, I want to be part of the crowd and part of the group that's following you. I, I want to, to go and continue to learn from you and, and be a part of what you are doing. But that's not what Jesus wanted him to do. Instead, Jesus said in Luke eight thirty nine, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. And I would suggest this is an example of how we are to do the same thing. The very first place we have opportunity to do what love does and to make an impact with people is with the love of Jesus, and it's with our friends and our family. It would include our neighbors and our coworkers, our our classmates. As a church, we we seek to do this through some of our our programming here, Uh, not just the the ministry efforts, but some specific things as well, Uh, through the support of InterVarsity Ministry at TCNJ and Ryder and Princeton. Uh, Daniel Mason is not only leading the high school PYC here, but he's also involved in the Young Life Ministry in Ewing. We're trying to to take this and actually do this and and act upon it to make an impact. But here's the struggle that that I find with this area. Often this area... This area and this idea of sharing it with friends and family is the most difficult place to begin and it's the most difficult place to impact. And you know why? Because those are the people who know you, right? Those are the people who can call you out on your stuff and go, well, you're not living that way, right? And so what do we do? We just don't say anything and we fail to make an impact. And yet that is where we are called to begin. We're called to make an impact with God's love to our friends and our family. We're called to pray for our friends and our neighbors. We're called to develop a relationship with our coworkers and with our classmates, to be aware of those opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities to be a witness to what God has done and what God is doing in your life, to overcome the fear of being uncomfortable or even being rejected in order to experience the joy of seeing what God's love can do in the life of other people. We are called to make an impact right where we are with what we have to the best of our ability. It's what we've been called to do. The second area that Jesus talks about his followers having an impact is in the community and region. Jesus says it this way, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. Now, This idea of Judea and Samaria are the places that are near you geographically, but where people are near you, but it's the people who are different from you. This would include people with different social, economic, and educational backgrounds, those who speak languages other than your own, your own native language, those who come from a different culture than your own. And while we don't have time to go into a lot of detail about what this means, it's very telling that Jesus includes Samaria in this charge, right? And the reason it's significant is because the Samaritans were very different from the Jews, both culturally and ethnically, The Jews and the Samaritans did not get along at all. We've talked about that a little bit before, but they just didn't. Jews would walk around Samaria. They didn't want to go into Samaria. If you look here on the map, you'll see uh, 
you've got Judea right there with Jerusalem right below it listed. They would walk, instead of going uh, to Nazareth straight through Samaria, they would walk around. They would go over to the Jordan River, cross over, go up, and then go over to get into Galilee, all in an effort to avoid the Samaritans. That's how much they didn't like the Samaritans. The Samaritans weren't welcome to cross the border in the north or south either. They were told just kind of to stay put. They did not like each other, right? They didn't get along. We see a lot of this same type of of tension between the Jews and the Palestinians, or even the racial tensions that still unfortunately exist in our country today. And Jesus very simply and very straightforwardly says, I want you to take the message, my message, to the people who are near you, but the people who are different from you, the people in your community, in your region, that are not the same as you. This message of Jesus' love is not only for you, And the people that are like you, it's for all people, for all people, even the people who are different from you. One of the things that my family and I really enjoy about being here in New Jersey is the variety of people we have the opportunity to interact with. Uh, The different languages and different nationalities and cultures in this region, absolutely amazing, right? Here at PCC, it's really the same. It's not uncommon on Sunday morning to hear a variety of different languages, see uh, different nationalities represented, and and many different variations of of skin color, right? And that's such a beautiful thing to see and to hear. Uh, I I feel so honored to be a part of that, that that we can be a diverse community of believers showing that that our common bond is Jesus and his love. We we have the opportunity today uh, to, to experience that. You see, in our society today, you don't have to go very far to find people who are different from you, right? You don't have to go very far to find people in your Judea or your Samaria. As a church, we strive to take the life of Jesus as our pattern for living, and we find that Jesus was constantly reaching out. He was constantly impacting his Judea and his Samaria. Instead of walking around like everybody else did, Jesus was in Jerusalem, and he was going to Nazareth, and he he walked straight through. He walked straight through the country, and we know that happened because in John chapter 4, we have the account of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well, and he shared his truth with her, and as a result of that, the whole town came to faith in Jesus. Jesus set the example for us. Jesus would stop and engage the poor. He would stop and engage the sick and those in need. He would talk to and engage the social outcasts, those that society saw as less than, those who were different. Here at PCC, we seek to impact our community and our region as well. And, and we do that through a couple of ministry efforts, right? With our, our Grow for Giving uh, is one of the ways we do that, and our street church ministry. Recently, we contributed to the Send Hunger Packing Program for Mercer Street Friends. Uh, today, the bagel sale, if you got a bagel on your way in or you're going to get one on your way out, those, that, all the proceeds for that benefit uh, the Mercer Street Friends, as well as the food drive that we're doing uh, here in the month of May to benefit Mercer Street Friends as well. And in these small ways, small ways, as well as challenging us as a community of believers to consider other ways, we are striving to set aside and ultimately remove those labels we place on people which make them different from us. Because we believe that, you need, that we are called to impact everyone with the message of Jesus. The honest truth is this, right? And if you stop and think about it, you know this is true. You're not going to like everyone you meet, right? Right? 
okay? You're just not. But here's what we often fail to realize. Not everyone's going to like you. Now, we don't like to think about that, right? Because we're, we're good. I'm fine. Why would you not like me, right? But not everyone you come in contact with is going to walk away going, man, you are all that and a side of fries, right? We want that, but that doesn't always happen, which is why we need to humbly acknowledge that we've been invited to share Jesus' love with all people, with our community and our region, those who are like us and those who are not like us. So church, I ask you this question, who is it in your community, in your region, that you have an opportunity to impact? Think about that for just a second. Who is it? Whose name or whose face that you don't yet know their name? Who comes to mind? And are you willing to be a witness, to tell them what Jesus has done and is doing in your life and impact them with the love that Jesus has for them? There's a third area Jesus includes in this verse. We're called to impact the world. Uh, Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I don't know about you, but that sounds a little daunting, right? To the ends of the earth, to the whole world. Our our calling is to take the message of Jesus' love and share it with the world. Wow, right? But if you think about it, that call for us today to do that was so much easier than what when Jesus said it to the disciples, right? I mean, you put yourself in their shoes and and think about the task that Jesus set before them. Uh, For us, we can get on a plane, we can fall asleep, and we can wake up on the other half of the world, right? With a couple of clicks uh, of your mouse uh, on your computer, you can, on your screen, see people from the other side of the world. I can do that with my friends in Taiwan. I can watch a church service from Australia, and I can share billions of pieces of information in seconds, right? That's how easy, quote-unquote, it is today. Uh, Here at PCC, uh, two places in the the greater world that that we have chosen to seek to impact with God's love are Haiti and Honduras. From sending monthly support, uh, meeting special needs, as well as leading trips to these countries, we seek to impact those corners of the world. And while we can't do it all, we can do part. We can do our part, and we can continue to reach out and go into our world. You see... As I was thinking about this, one of the amazing things about this part of the calling and what Jesus instructed us to do is the time in which we live. Taking the message of Jesus' love to the ends of the earth honestly no longer means we have to actually physically go to those places. Now, we can, and if we feel called or led to, we absolutely should, but the reality is the ends of the earth, they've come to us, right? Right? I challenge you to think about, for just a minute, the people that you see and that you know. Think about where they are from. Think about their native language. Think about their native culture. Just think about that for a second. I know when I thought about this and I took inventory of it, I recalled uh, several different people popped into mind. I I recalled the guy who always pumps my gas, right? In New Jersey, that's what they do. And a while back, I asked him what his name is, and I really don't know his real name, but he said, all my friends call me Lucky, right? So I call him Lucky. He's from India. Uh, our neighbors uh, in our, in our, on our street, they're from uh, Costa Rica. Our, the, the lady who cuts my hair is from Puerto Rico. 
when, when I think about the, the people here at PCC and, and I look around, and I won't do it just because I, I wrote this down, but we have people from China and Taiwan and Mexico and Canada and England and Ghana, and we have at least one person from the exotic paradise land of Missouri. And so we've got people from everywhere, right? And if you think about what that means... It's pretty amazing. Now, now, don't misunderstand. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going to places that are far from here. But we don't have to necessarily go to the ends of the earth to be his witnesses to people who are from the ends of the earth. Does that make sense? Now, here's, here's the part I always feel like I have to, you know, the disclaimer on this that I always feel like I have to share when, when we talk about taking the message and going out to the ends of the earth I'm speaking to you who are like me, that the only place you've ever really lived is the United States. And the point is this. We are the ends of the earth to a lot of people, right? Where we live can be considered the ends of the earth, and it has been for most of recorded history. So as we consider what it means for us to impact the ends of the earth, it could mean that what you need to really do to impact the ends of the earth is to begin in your Jerusalem, to begin right where you are with your family and your friends and the people you see every day. You establish a relationship with those people in the places that you frequent on a regular basis. You, you have a relationship that's built on the love of Christ and the impact that he has had in your life and the impact he can have in their life, and you can allow Jesus to work through you to impact their lives as well. You become a witness to your community and to your region, the people who are geographically near you, but they are different from you. You are a witness to the world of God's love, the love he has for them, and in doing so, you begin to fulfill the great commission uh, that Matthew recorded for us from Jesus in Matthew 28, 18, and 20, when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age." And I've heard this before, and you've heard me say this before, but what I love about, one of the things I love about this verse is when you break down that, that, that statement where Jesus says, therefore, go, and you look at the word go, and you really figure out what it really means, it means go, right? It means take action. It literally means as you go. And I love that because what it's saying is it's not a suggestion that if you go, it's a directive as you go. As you go and do these things, as you go to your friends and your family this afternoon or this evening, as you go to your communities and your region throughout the week, as you go to the world, would you impact those areas with the love of Jesus? Because that's what love does. Love impacts. Now, as we kind of start to wrap up this morning, I want to go back to the first half of this verse, uh, verse chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Before Jesus tells them to take the message of his life, death, and life again to all those around them, Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, the only way we can truly impact people is through the power of God in our life. It's not through our own strength. It's not through our own ability. It's not because we are so eloquent or talented. It's through the grace and the power of God in our lives, which means we have to truly examine, both on an individual and as a community of faith basis, are we allowing the power of the Holy Spirit of God to work in us and through us? 
or are we trying to do it on our own? If you remember back to week one of this series, I used the illustration of a glass, which represents us, and it being filled with water, which represents the power of God, and then that power uh, fills us up and it overflows uh, and impacts the lives of those around us. It's something we are called to do. This was brought home to me here one Sunday morning. It's been a few years ago now. In our prayer time before the service, we were gathered back over here by the media booth, and we were praying, and Ted Klett offered the prayer that morning. And he said something along the lines of, God, I thank you that even though you don't need us, you choose to work through us anyway. Do you think about that for a second? God, even though you don't need us, you choose to work through us anyway. And that is so true. God can spread his message, his message of his love for people, any way he chooses. And do you know how he chooses to do that? He chooses to do that through you and through me. He chooses to do that through us as a community of believers to impact the world with his love. And the only way we can truly do that is through his power flowing through us in our life. So church, the question I have for you this morning, or the challenge I have for you this morning, is to look within yourself, to examine yourself, and have a heart-to-heart with yourself, and to answer the question, are you willing to do what love does? Are you willing to impact people, all people, your friends and your family, the community and your region, the people from, uh, that are so very different from you? Are you willing to impact the world with the life-changing love of Jesus Christ? Not on your own strength, not on your own giftedness, not on your own abilities, but through his power. The power Jesus demonstrated when he willingly went to the cross. The power God demonstrated when he rose Jesus from the dead. The power demonstrated through us as we take the life of Jesus and we share it with others and we allow him to overflow out of our lives and make an impact in our Jerusalem and in our Judea and our Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We've been called to take his message and to respond to it. And this morning, we want to invite you to respond to it this morning. Uh, we, We invite you that maybe today is the day that you're saying, you know what, I need to be more bold, bolder in in, in my just sharing love. And it doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out and all memorized. It's just sharing God's love with people. And you want to do that. And you want someone to pray with you to encourage you to do that. Maybe for you it's time to be obedient in baptism and and to take that step of, of faith and obedience. Maybe for you you simply want someone to pray with you and to encourage you. We're gonna sing a time, have a time of response and sing a song this morning. And if you want to talk to someone, we're going to invite you to make your way over to the cross where members of the leadership team will be there to receive you and and to pray with you and to encourage you. Let's do that this morning together, church. I'm going to invite you to stand. Let's stand together. Let's sing. Let's respond to the Lord as we worship him together this morning.